In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. All right. Hello. This is Kyle Chambers with the Quality Matters Podcast. Now, you might notice we said that we were not going to have Darcy on here, but we do. I wormed my way back in. (laughs) (laughs) So she will be a guest on the podcast, kind of following our new format, new way that we're doing things. So this week, we wanted to talk with Darcy about um, an experience you had some time back mm-hmm. um so she actually accompanied me on an audit and was really quite surprised at well you, you kind of well if feel you've the been details. a long-term listener you know that i am not in the quality management world no um i was teacher for a lot of years then i made quilts for a few years and then kyle said i need some help and drug me in kicking yeah. and screaming so when he drug me in <laughs> Was it 2018? Yeah, this was 2018. 2018. Pretty quickly after he drug me in, he said, I'm going on an audit. Do you want to come with me and see what I do? Yeah, it was local. It was only a few miles from the house, which is really rare. Most of Mm -hmm. our clients are not that close to home. Yep. And, you know, my honest answer was not really. (laughs) (laughs) But I went um, and it was so so painful for me (laughs) now this actually wasn't that bad of an audit i mean it really wasn't some of these truly can be painful but this really wasn't that bad and it was it was a small business now they were part of a larger organization but larger Mm -hmm. but there was probably what i think maybe 10 people if even at this i don't remember how many employees were at the facility i think we dealt with maybe three yeah but um, it wasn't very big, and so there's not a lot of detail. But it was yeah. it was pretty generic. It's just it it's uh, a, as vanilla of a nine thousand one as you can get. I also just have to say um, that Kyle has started recording these now, as you know, like video <laughs> recording. So you you're seeing me like move and shift around a lot. He's got a laptop hidden that is right in front of me where I can see myself. <laughs> Wait, so, right there? Yeah, you see yourself right there. So, I, I'm just a little distracted and moving around. Anyway, well, hey, since this is kind of new, we're doing we've done this a little bit of a relaunch on it. This won't mm-hmm. be the first episode on our relaunch, but probably the second. Oh wow! Um, but number what, two is the first loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're listening to this, we are uh, we we're going to be live streaming these weekly. Um, sort of live streaming. Uh, live streaming pre-recorded a little weird but it works be live streaming on like a facebook uh linkedin twitter youtube and the big one is rumble so we're moving to a lot of our content to rumble um in fact if you've not seen it or heard about it already we're going to start doing what we call our quality matters daily dive where you get to listen to me uh go into a little bit more of the kind of geeky details of quality that maybe we sometimes try to avoid here where I can't stop him. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> it. But those daily dives are going to be live streamed to rumble and not to YouTube. So make certain you take a minute, 
Find us on Rumble. Look up Texas Quality Assurance, Texas QA, Quality Matters. You'll find us. Of course, I'll make sure everything's in the show notes. So is anything going to be on YouTube? Any uh, new material going to be on YouTube? The podcast will get streamed to YouTube, but we're really finding that Rumble is, uh, I guess, a little more friendly to small business um, and folks than, than YouTube is. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to be pushing a lot of that content out to Rumble. And that's kind of, kind of the direction that I want to start taking things. Okay. We'll still be pushing the Quality Matters to YouTube, but yeah. The, okay. any of the so special stuff yep okay so back to the audit yes i'm not really sure what kyle wants me to say about it because i don't remember much about it what i do remember <laughs> is kyle asking for something and then giving some kind of answer like we don't have it we don't know where it is let us look for it it was basic stuff i remember it was uh we were dealing with their competence training records See, this place, what they did is they would, they had not only their, it, let me back, let me try to remember the details here. So, yes, this facility, part of what they did, they had the trainer for the company worked at this facility. Mm -hmm. And so he would certify all of the technicians and operators for some of the radar equipment they had um, for a lot of the other facilities within the much larger scope of the organization. And he would also do the training and certification for um the small businesses and, and companies that owned their equipment so they had tons of competence and training records this was one where maybe it wasn't quite so vanilla but it was it, it was not terribly complex but they uh they, they were trying a little trick that i've seen a lot of times a lot of people love to play dumb with an auditor i'm kind of used to it i know it happens and the thing is this was an internal audit right yes we were on their side yes that's what blows my mind like <laughs> Don't try to trick us. We're here to help you. If you I don't know. have it, say I don't have it so we can help you for when the real audit comes. Yeah, but these folks were just kind of in that mindset, and, and that's really what they were doing. They, they were playing dumb, like they didn't have anything at all, when the truth is they knew it was going to take them about 10 to 15 minutes to find what I was asking for. So, and this went on several times for several oh, different yeah. things. Like, do you have X, Y, Z? Well, I don't know. Let me see. If we, I don't know. Maybe. And they all just sat there and looked at Kyle and I looked at Kyle and I just stared, <laughs> I just stared dumbly at him like this. And then he would say, okay, we'll wait. Yeah. But that's the key. You don't just say, we'll wait and then start fiddling with your paper. So anyone just a little bit of advice when you're doing no, an audit. No, he had, there's not he had a pen and Kyle had a pen in his hands. He said, okay, we'll wait and looked down at his pen and just kind of twirled the pen around. And I looked at yeah. Kyle and it was so I don't like conflict either. And this and was this, not conflict. But it felt like it. Well, the goal is to drive anxiety. I don't want to drive conflict, but the goal in this practice is to drive anxiety on the part of the auditee. Well, you succeeded in driving anxiety <laughs> in me. But it's a very friendly way of doing it. It's non-confrontational, but it's really, do you have what I'm looking for? And they're kind of given all sorts of excuses. And I just sit there and I kind of blankly stare at them until they're done talking. And then, okay, well, I'll wait. And I just sit there and stare blankly at them until they do something. And I stared at him in a frantic panic. <laughs> like, is this really what we're doing all day? A lot of it, unfortunately, was. Now, and it was the moment they leave to go look for stuff. Uh, this is one of the reasons that playing dumb as on the auditee is not always good. Don't get me wrong. There's some times where it's kind of good to do it, but most of the time it's not. It's the moment they lift. 
I'm going through every shred of documentation that they had given me because I know they're going to be gone for 20 minutes looking for what I need. And I'm going through every shred of documentation. I'm cross-referencing every single piece with the standard because I am looking for any hint of a hole so that when they get back with this piece of information, I'm already loaded up for the next 10 questions I'm going to ask. Yeah, it was pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> Okay. I was glad that that afternoon I had to leave early for one of the kids' doctor's yeah. appointments, something. Yeah. I, got, I made it through lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made it a little bit longer than that. I thought you, you left probably about 1.30. The audit finished up at like 3.30 anyways. Yeah. Again, it was a small facility. There's not a lot to look at. Um, but yeah, it's it, these audits are not always quite what, uh, you know, I, I guess you'd, you'd think or expect them to be. I mean, this audit was, was really, like I say, it's an internal audit. We're there on their side, which... Unfortunately, I don't think that quite clicked with them, you know, not everyone there at least, mm -hmm. but you, what made it, I, I'm, it has been a while since I have been on that side of the, the table in mm -hmm. an audit. Um, so what was so anxiety inducing on your end that made it kind of unbearable well, for you? Some of it is just personal. Like I didn't really have anything to do, but sit there. Yeah. That's all I had to do. Um, and then it was kind of like, I don't like to see people struggling. And I felt like they were ah, struggling. They and, were. Um, <laughs> they were. <laughs> and I wanted you to help them and, and be nice to them. Like I wasn't mean. You were like emotionless. Yes. Like flat. Yes. And, you know, for an auditee, I would want you to be like, hey, I'm on your side here. Find this so that I can help you. If you don't have it, just say you don't have it. And then we can move on. Well, we can't move on. It's a problem. Because if they don't have it, that's going to be a finding. Because here's the thing. I know that whatever, whatever I put into my audit report is going to be highly, highly reviewed and scrutinized by the third-party auditor. And the third-party auditor is not on their side. Right. So if I say, if you don't have it, we'll move on, but they do in okay. fact have it. So that's not what I mean. Well, okay. So that's okay. I see where you're coming from. So if they don't have it at all, then what are they supposed to do? If they didn't have it at all, that would be a major finding. And that's kind of a showstopper. That means you are not prepared to go into this third party audit and the proverbial shit's about to hit the fan. But that's when you can say like, if you really don't have it, this is going to be a major finding. You're not going to be ready for your third party audit and we need to help you get ready. If you have it, but you're not happy with, or you know, it's not right. Bring it here. Let's see what we can do to help you. Here's the problem with that. Oh my God. There's a problem with that. It is a real skill to be a good auditor. It really is. Here's a problem with that line of line of uh, conversation. There is some people will perceive that as highly confrontational. They'll really perceive that as me threatening them, that if you don't give me what I'm looking for the way I want it, then you're going to fail your audit. Okay. They can, I've run into this the hard way. And they I can, can see that. I they, can see that because they already think you're not on their side. So yeah. I so they very easily perceive that as a threat. And let's face it. Auditors have a bad reputation and honestly, a lot of it's well-deserved for, um, for making a company run their business the way the auditor wants them to run their business. And that's a very difficult line to flirt with because like you said, 
I, I do. I want to just say, hey, just show me what you got and I'll tell you how we can make it work. Mm-hmm. But I'm not there the 364 other days of the year to run their business. Mm-hmm. So if they start developing it the way I want them to develop it and start showing the evidence the way I want it shown, I'm doing them a disservice. I guess because I look at it from like, because we offer all these services. We don't just do the internal audit. We can do the consultation. We can do this. And, yeah. and that's the point is that the internal audit is only the internal audit. And you cannot put on your consultation hat in the middle of an internal audit. No. And this at the time, we did not have the fractional quality management program in place uh, that we have today. Let me move this mic. I can't quite. Yeah, there he, we go. He's watching himself. Notice I am turning sideways so I cannot <laughs> see the picture. Um, that's why we have our fractional quality management service now. Now, this podcast isn't meant to be an advertisement for a business, but this it, it kind of fits in well here mm-hmm. because as an internal auditor, you have to be objective, mm-hmm. period, end of story. You're objective. That's what you do. Um, well, with the fractional quality management program we have now, it gives us the opportunity to step back in with that client a week or two later after they've had the audit report, have a little bit of time to kind of digest it and say, hey, we have the opportunity to get another team member involved so we can maintain objectivity. We'll get another team member involved and they'll help you work through these mm-hmm. these issues, not just maybe just in a short term situation, rewrite some procedures so that it sticks, you know, because if you don't change the documentation, nothing sticks. Or we can uh, become a more permanent fixture for your your business, if, especially for smaller shops like this. But we didn't have that then. And mm-hmm. so that probably is where you're like, well, Kyle, well, why didn't you just help them? Yeah. Because that's not what I'm contracted to do right now. <laughs> and it would be a disservice to tell them how to do it. We are not a charitable organization. <laughs> no, no. And it's and it even goes beyond that. It's, like, it's again, like when they go through that third party audit, I'm not going to be there. So this is kind of unfortunately and you practice. can't be there um, as an for, internal auditor. Correct. correct. But if we were fractional quality managers, it's I mean, conditional. We're, not, we're not employees. No, we are. So the way, okay, this is a kind of a little bit of different topic to dive into here. So um, what we have got worked out is for most ISO certification bodies, they will allow a consultant or contractor to be on site with conditions. Mm-hmm. So some of the conditions are the company has to have either in their organizational chart, a job description, something signed off by, by management stating you are their quality management representative. And so that's part of what we've done for some of our clients for fractional quality management Mm -hmm. is we actually list ourselves on the org chart as their um, contracted quality manager. Now, that allows us to represent them in the third party audit. And that's Mm -hmm. worked out well with several clients. If, on the other hand, your certification body is API, regardless of they're certifying you for 9001, Q1, Q2, whatever, API says, screw you, ain't no way in hell. They okay. will not allow it. So can you be on site in another room? You can be on site, but them? don't dare speak to that auditor. Don't even shake his hand. Just say, just wave your hand and say hi. What if the auditor asks, "Who's that? What's their role?" You can say, I, "I'm, I'm just a contractor here." Oh well, and then he's going to immediately chime in. Well, you can't take part in the audit. No problem at all. I'm just going to sit here and observe. Okay. They can't, they cannot say someone can't sit and observe, but they can and will and do say you ain't taking part in this audit. And so it means that there'll be a little bit of whispering in the back end. Right. But you know, we can still assist in that way. And we're actually doing that in May for a client. Okay. So, so 
back to the back to the audit internal yeah. audit i guess this is what you can expect if you're a client of ours yeah is for kyle to just come and say <laughs> we'll wait well yeah and dawn um our, our lead auditor she is just absolutely fantastic as mm -hmm. an auditor and she does the same type thing you know she she comes in she's very uh, methodical about her questions every question is very carefully selected mm -hmm. and it's not to be a gotcha it's to get the information we need i mean it, it's almost like the the telephone game you played as a kid right you know you, you repeat something to someone they repeat someone else by the time it gets back to you you know i might have started by saying the dog is brown and you know someone else is saying the car is fast like you yeah. have no idea well, those same little inconsistencies in how people hear and understand things, that occurs in the audit as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking one thing, but I'm actually intending to document something else. So I'm, I have a goal to document A, but I ask B, the person hears C, they go relay it to someone else to get the records. There's E. By the time it gets back around to me, we're six translations in. Mm -hmm. I may not get what I'm trying to document. So you really have to be careful about how you ask those questions. And then I think I remember, um, I don't know what his title was, kind of the manager, the president, the yeah. big guy. He came in and he was, did not seem happy for us to be there. No, no. All. he. This was a problem with this uh, facility is the top management there was not engaged in the management system. Um, you know, he uh, he all but told me just to uh, to write up the report and leave. Um, he, he and it wasn't anything to do with us. He just didn't want an auditor there. He did not see the need for it. He he saw that his book, and I've run into this before. He saw that his books were profitable, mm -hmm. and therefore his business is running well. We're done. And I believe, if I remember correctly, it was kind of I don't know what her title was, like the secretary. She Human didn't. Resources. Yeah, I she was HR, was but running quality initiative. Yes. And she was like, hey, we need to do this. And he was not on board, which is mm -mm. something else. I mean, we've talked about it so many times on this podcast. Culture, culture, culture. Got to yep. get everybody on board. Yep, yep. And in this case, it was the president that, or yeah. manager or whatever he his was. He was like the local. Was. Yeah, yeah, I can't uh, remember. He was not on board. No, no. He didn't want anything to do with it. He didn't want to have to document anything. He just wanted his people to do the work process the invoice and move on and i get that i'm a small business owner myself i get it you don't want to do the paperwork it's so freaking necessary mm -hmm. if only because you yourself in two weeks will not remember what you did today with enough clarity oh my gosh amen to that <laughs> I, <rem> <laughs> I made a post on facebook not long ago the biggest lie i tell myself is i'll remember that yeah or i'll remember to do that or oh, whatever yeah. you don't nah. you don't now i have a notepad on my desk with my to-do list because i used to remember everything i needed to do yeah and i have a notepad i keep at home to add things i remember at home to bring to work with me <laughs> yeah no um, but it is it's so i mean again kind of a different topic but like it is so stinking important i, I make rebuild my to-do list every single day I rewrite it. Now, what I find is when I start getting really stressed out, I'm really flustered. I don't feel like I'm being effective. Um, I'll call myself out on it and I'll look to see how many days it's been since I rewrote my to-do list. Without fail, if I am stressed out and flustered and frustrated, I have not been rewriting that to-do list daily. I'll try to cheat myself and I'll be like, oh, well, I didn't finish three quarters of the stuff on it today. So I'll just add on to it tomorrow. Bullcrap. Rewrite that sucker daily. Mm -hmm. but that's a whole so, other philosophy 
documentation even yes. when it comes to a to-do yes. list. Yes, you so have to document. The other thing I remember about that um, audit is asking about customer satisfaction or oh, reviews yes. or surveys or whatever. Yes, which I think is a, I mean, obviously a very important part mm-hmm. of your business. You need to know if you're satisfying your customers or not. Uh, I think they saw that. Kyle. Yeah, probably. Scoot over a little bit. There you go. You're Scoot totally over. hidden behind your mic. Get closer to me. Hey, well, we're trying to do the video thing, so people need to okay. see you. Okay. Now I lost my train of thought. Customer satisfaction. Yeah, it's a super important part. It is, but it's But it's pain. overlooked. I think yes. it's overlooked a lot. It is. Because, again, let's do the work, get the money, mm-hmm. and move along. This is also one of the incredibly difficult parts of an audit, and a lot of auditors fail here is they want to know what you're doing for customer satisfaction. So what the auditor will do, and this horrible mistake, is they will ask specifically, can you show me your customer satisfaction surveys? Or they'll ask, can you show me your on-time delivery results? The auditor will come in looking for something very specific, and that'll throw people off guard. This is part of why I try to come in with such a blank slate. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe this company doesn't do customer satisfaction surveys. Now, that auditor has it in his head. That's the only way they know if our customers are satisfied. It's just so then survey how can, them. What are some other options for customer satisfaction? So there's a few. Um, I ran into this one a real hard way um, when I first got into quality. I remember uh, going into our sales manager's office, and he was old, old-timer, old-school guy, mm-hmm. you know, hardly ever used a computer-type feller. Smart as could be. Knew the industry inside and out. And I remember telling him, like, I'm having a real hard time showing evidence for a new ISO system because this was all new at the time mm-hmm. that, and I was still using that term at the time, ISO system, because that's what I thought it should be. And I remember telling him I'm having a hard time proving that our customers are satisfied with us. I was like, you got any ideas? How do I show evidence mm-hmm. that our customers are satisfied? Because I agreed the customer satisfaction was a, a bad way to do it. Mm-hmm. We can talk about why, but, and he said, if they give us a PO, Purchase order. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, well, that's kind of a crappy answer. And I thought he was being a smart aleck. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, I wasn't going to be disrespectful. It's like, well, okay, thank you. Thank you for your information. Got anything else said? No, they give us PO. They're happy. It's like, okay. So I go back to my office. I'm kind of thinking on it and pondering on it. But then I was like, well, you know what? We were in the turbine industry and they've got an outage cycle. And their outage cycle is 18 months. What is an outage cycle? Outage cycle means that they they, they shut down the turbine. They they re- do any remanufacturing, repair, and overhaul of the turbine. So they got to have, you know, not just the regular day-to-day maintenance, but then they got to have like every 18 months to rip it apart and clean it out and rebuild it. Okay these things are running higher than the melting temperature of the alloys stuff goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if they've got an 18 month outage cycle, that means that they're probably going to be doing the outage before the 18 month comes up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that means that we should see this customer at least once every two years. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we should see them twice every three years. So if they're not satisfied with the work we're doing and they have 18 months to find a new provider, they got options to find a new provider if we didn't do a good job last mm-hmm. time. So we actually baked that into how we measured customer satisfaction is we would take, we wanted to maintain a certain um, repeat business. So I can't remember the number we came up with, but I think it was roughly, we wanted 85% of our business to be repeat business. Mm-hmm. Now we came up with that number because we knew we wanted to get new clients each year and, and different things like that. Okay. So what we would do is we would take a look at how many customers did we do work for in this year 
how many of those customers had we done work for in the prior 24 months? Mm -hmm. And then that would give us our customer retention rate. Okay. So I like it. Find what works for your company. And that's something that we're all about yeah. is your process, your people, yep, your business. Um, so when an auditor, a third party auditor comes in and says, show me your customer satisfaction surveys. Okay. So you have to be primed to propose questions back to them. Don't disagree with them. Do not tell them you don't need that because then he's going to get defensive. So that's a big thing we have to deal with. We, we want to invoke anxiety on the other person to come up with solutions, but don't be confrontational. Um, <clears throat> and so you would tell them, okay, well, what clause of the standard are you looking for compliance to? Okay. Whenever they ask you an oddball question that you don't have a good answer to, or you feel like they're trying to make you run the business a certain way, ask them, which clause of the standard are you looking for compliance to? Because that is ultimately what they're doing. They are auditing against the requirements of the mm -hmm. standard, and they're trying to figure out how you match it. And so then he should be able to point to the exact clause he's looking for. And you say, okay, well, for that, here's what we do. And then you, you were able to completely avoid his question mm -hmm. and dig down into what he's trying to find. Makes sense. I think that's some good advice. It is. And it, it works well. It really works well. But it's so tough to do when you're in that audit. I agree. <laughs> but you For anybody. Instant. Yeah. For and we were the good guys there. Yes. That was painful. <laughs> and I don't. And I think, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think anybody's going to be confrontational because they're so nervous that they're not going to get their certification. Yep. And I mean, it's not a no-go, right? It's like, it's hey, not. we have these findings. Now you need to do this. But I, I feel like most businesses and people in charge and the managers, they just want to be done with it yep. and get this headache out of the way. Yeah. So they don't want any findings. You know, I'll tell you the idea of a no finding audit. Well, it's great if you can do it, but don't make that your goal. Please, for crying out loud, don't make it your goal to have a no finding audit. Uh, something I did, um, this was when we were going for our recertification audit, you know, previous company I worked at. We'd gotten to know our auditor fairly well. And I kind of knew like what he looked for and, and, you know, what rabbit trails he liked to go down. Um, so I knew that our calibration program was spotless. We had no hint of an issue with calibrations. Mm -hmm. So an hour before the audit, hollered at one of our supervisors. I said, I need you to pull a sticker off a caliper and I want you to leave it on this table. So there was a finding. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened is we're going through and I made sure to walk him past that table because I knew the caliper would be there somewhere without a sticker on it. And that is such low hanging fruit for an auditor. Oh, my gosh. That's just the easy stuff you go for. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I knew he'd find that caliper. It's like, oh, man. And I just kind of got a little fake mad about, oh, man, who did that? Blah, 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 blah. He spent two hours digging through our calibration records, every single device we had. Man, I threw him off course real quick in the audit. So <laughs> this is another piece of advice. Find a rabbit trail for your auditor to go yeah. down that you know will be successful for you. I wouldn't say that, but it worked out well here. But, you know, and I don't want to frame Tips this. and tricks by Kyle right. Chambers. <laughs> I don't want to frame this that your certification audit is your enemy. He is not your enemy, but your certification auditor. Or she. Sure. Your certification auditor is without a doubt an adversary. Now, adversary doesn't mean enemy, but it does mean you are battling and back and forth. And it's it's effectively a negotiation. 
We are negotiating over whether or not we have satisfactorily met the requirements of the standard. So when you view the audit as less of a gotcha and more of a negotiation, oh, well, now we can talk. We can have some fun there. Okay, well, what if I'm doing this over here? Does that help meet your requirements? Well, hey, we're doing this over here. Does that meet your requirements? So instead of saying <coughs> no, or you don't need that, just say, yeah, what standard are you looking yeah. for? Where, where are you looking for? Clause? Yeah. What are you trying to satisfy here? Because that's what your auditor is getting judged against. When mm -hmm. he turns in that audit report, there's someone else in the office that's going to go through. Did we hit this standard or this clause? Do we hit this clause? Do we hit this clause? Do we hit this clause? Mm -hmm. Do we have documentation to show compliance? Yes or no. Do we have documentation to show non-compliance? Yes or no. And your auditor's audit report gets audited. <laughs> so make sure he has the paperwork he needs so that he can just go straight through. That's um, good. But yeah, the uh, the no finding audit is is just kind of a, a, a bad philosophy. Don't get me wrong. It's fantastic when it happens. But some auditors have a little bit of an ego and they got that chip there on their shoulder. They're going to have a finding. Feed them. Yes. Feed them. Feed their ego. Let them have it. No. I mean, feed them food. Oh, God. That's a whole other topic. Get, for crying out loud, do not get the Subway tray. I love Subway, <laughs> but for crying out loud, if I ever have to eat another Subway tray, I'm going to flip my lid. It's nasty. I will say that for the audit that I went to, they ordered Jason's Deli, which is also sandwiches. But it's good. But they didn't order a tray. Yes. They passed around the menu and said, what do you want? And yes. ordered it and had it delivered. And and I'm not saying that everyone should do this, but it worked out well for us. Uh, I'm all company again. It's, I would take, um, now I personally hate it when people offer this to me because uh, I did the third party auditing for a while. I hated it 100% refused. But it's, some people like it is I would take our auditor out for dinner after the audit. I'd be like, all right, hey, the day's finished. Um, you want to go get a steak? I'll drop you off at your hotel. Yeah. And that worked out really well. Every morning we had breakfast tacos there. Um, it just creates a more friendly environment. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He loved auditing for us. Yeah. So, you know, it worked out well. But in any case, kind of some details about auditing. It, it doesn't have to be the the battle, but yeah, it's it's different. Just depends on everybody's approach. It does. It does. And uh, even if your auditor is a confrontational person, you can diffuse that confrontation. Yes. As long as you stay calm and collected. I could not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is. Auditing is a really, really difficult skill. Now, a good auditor makes it look so stupidly easy. Mm -hmm. So stupidly easy. Uh, um, like, you know, you, you watch the Joe Rogan podcast and he's got three hour long conversations with folks. Ugh. Now, you might think, oh, man, I could sit there and talk with anyone. How many times do you actually have an in-depth three-hour-long conversation? He makes it look so freaking easy. Well, I think he has a little medicinal help. Maybe so. <laughs> but still, like I'm saying is it is a skill to be that good of a communicator. Mm -hmm. um, Auditing is the same thing. If you're a good auditor, it looks easy. That's why we love Dawn so much. Mm -hmm. She's fantastic. It looks so easy the way she does it. It's just like she's just casually going through asking questions. But oh, she do you think detailed. that it's easier too because she's a female? Like that feels less confrontational. Yes, because she. Okay, I could get myself in trouble. Here. I know I shouldn't have asked that question. No, I thought no, as soon as I asked it, it no, kind of no, sounds like no, 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 sexist or whatever she, the rightest is. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think the reason it works so well is because um, 
I think we all know that, you know, women sometimes have a hard time fitting in in this type of workplace. Agreed. Right. And I, I think, can testify to okay. that as a woman. And I think a lot of women try to exude more confidence, more competency um, than the, the job in the knowledge that the job requires just so that they can feel equal. And I recognize there's a need for it. And that's whole, sometimes that's a whole other discussion. But I think that's why Dawn is so fantastic because she just comes in and she's like, all right, well, I'll just need, can you just need this? She she's ask. very confident. Yes, she's confident, but it's just a casual conversation. It's it's no more tense than you and I sitting here. It's just like, okay, well, cool. We're going to go through this because she knows what she needs. She's going to ask for it, and she's patient to wait. And that that is a fantastic combination, whether you're a man or a woman. I think the biggest thing in auditing, whether the auditee, and that's probably the last thing I end with, whether you're an auditor or an auditee, maybe you're doing your own internal audit, leave the ego leave the pride at the door i think that's true in anything in life uh, there's some aspects but auditing gonna argue with me <laughs> uh, the, you know there's there's some things where you need to come in and you, you are the confident expert but auditing not at all the more ego the more pride you got involved the worse it's going to be and you may have an auditor it's a complete jackass it happens. But if you're just calm, collected, slow, and do the same thing to him. <clears throat> if he asks you for a particular piece of documentation that you don't have because that's not the way you do it, don't immediately assume that's how you should do it. Assume you don't have it because that's not how you do it. Do the same blank stare at him. What information, what clause in the standard are you trying to get compliance to? And then just blankly stare at him. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. No affection. You just stare. Even tilt the head to the side. So it's like, are we you, are you let's clear? Let's not end the episode like this. <laughs> no, nah, let's just stare into the camera until it's okay. over. That's it. Thanks for <laughs> listening, y'all. <laughs>